Welcome to the Holistic Wealth and Health Podcast. Your co-hosts, Jason Smith and Brian Bibbo will inspire and teach you how to prosper in your mind, body and spirit, not just your financial life. Joining forces with field experts, Jason and Brian are here to help you focus on what matters most in your life, living well. Let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. This is the J.L. Smith Holistic Wealth and Health Podcast. I'm very, very excited today to have Dr. Kevin Elko on the podcast, a best-selling author of the books, Believing is Seeing, The Sender. He's a true luminary in the field of motivation and peak performance. This man has such a passion for life. I know you're gonna hear it and see it today. He's the champion of human potential. So let's open our hearts and minds to the profound insights and invaluable wisdom Dr. Elko is gonna share with us today. Appreciate you being a part of this. Thanks for having me, bro. I love being out there with you guys. Where else are you going to get a guy like me? Where are you going to get a guy to speak in a barn? I was the only guy fit that fit that call right there. Hey, and you like you said, that was your people, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you put me in a barn, and I that's a whole nother level. Yeah, it was something different. That's what life's about is differences. But I wanna I wanna go back in time, right? Share with me that upbringing. When you were a child and a, and a young adult, what did your upbringing look like? Share with that. Share some of that with us. Probably a real simple upbringing, hardworking people. My mother was a belt telephone operator, worked every night from 11 to 7. Never missed. She missed one day of work her whole life. Is when I broke my leg my sophomore year. She came to my surgery. And my dad worked on the railroad, just real simple people really just one generation away from being immigrants from Russia. And what I really like about our growing up is everything was family. Everything was community. We stuck together. Every Sunday we went to church together. We went, we cheered for each other in sports and it was a coal mining town that I grew up with. And what they taught me was work hard. They taught me about the whole concept of don't get entitled. I, my one of the best things my parents did for me is what they didn't do. They didn't pay for my college. So I went to work in a grocery store to pay my own way. And when I started happening, my grades got straight A's when I was paying for it. And they taught me how to work and how to talk with people. And the most amazing thing was just the faith they had in me the whole time. So I say this every time I speak and I go, you know, I don't care um, what you got going on today. Call your mom, call your dad, because I wish I could. I wish I can give them a call. And then I went on to undergraduate university and I lived at home to work my way through and real close to my grandmother who kind of raised me every time I made a mistake. So I was down a lot and just taught me a lot about life. And she, she only had a fourth grade education, but taught me a lot about life and scripture and how to have faith. So it was just a small, humble beginning, small little town where you just learn how to work hard. My dad's side were all coal miners. My mom's side were bootleggers. I go. tell people all the time, I say, you know what? I, I said how people rebel by getting drunk and quitting school. I rebelled by staying sober, staying in school. They disowned me. <laughs> you didn't fit the mold, right? They kicked you right out. That's why I like that barn out there. Yeah, exactly. You brought up two essential things that, that I want to, you shared about for college, you had skin in the game, right? Can you speak a little bit about that? As you said, hey, I was working the grocery store to pay for my college because they weren't going to pay for my college. Do you think that's important nowadays? And, and what did that show you? Like, what, what kind of ethics did that I, I, I do. I, I think it's very, very important. 
I don't think even I don't do it enough. I sometimes think we're making it too easy on young people. And I just learned how to work. I learned how to take ownership. I learned to take responsibility. I never thought that my parents were supposed to. And that's to watch that phrase. Everybody today thinks someone else is supposed to. And once you understand ownership, that's what they taught me. Like no one else is supposed to make you happy. No one else is supposed to make you healthy. No one else is supposed to make you wealthy. You're supposed to. And once you understand that you don't lean on someone else and you go from having a victim mentality to a victor mentality, when you realize nobody else is supposed to, it brought me to ownership. You're going to pay for your school. No one's going to give you a grade. You're going to develop your life and your education. That's what I did. And I think that we, I was talking to a friend of mine, there's a difference between I want to and I have to. And it was really cool because it taught me I can go to the coal mines. I go be early to hospital. If I want to do something in my life, this is what I have to do. If I want to have a healthy life, this diet is something I have to do. If I want to have a retirement of peace, working with you guys isn't something that you want to do. It's something you have to do. Yeah. And I think it took me to a place of have to do. Like, you know, what I mean? you think, let me tell you what's going on, Brian. We think that, you know, in college football, you don't have the portal. If you're uncomfortable, you just put your name on a computer, you go somewhere else. Well, everybody thinks that now. If I'm unhappy in this relationship, let me put my name on the portal. If I'm unhappy in this job, let me put my name in the portal. But that's not real. Not really. Not in the end. And so what it taught me was there's no portal. Yeah, there's just a distraction out there to distract you from the real world to sour your pains because you don't want to deal with them yourself. You want, don't want to take that ownership. That's gotcha. crucial. You talked about faith and in, in all through your books. And, and when I heard you speak over the weekend, faith, and, and you shared about that upbringing, that going to church every weekend. How important is faith to you? And do you think it drives you and it drives other people in this world? I think it's everything. And, you know, we could talk about this as far as religiosity goes, and I think it's extremely important there. But I also think it's important to have faith in yourself, that, that within you is something uh, incredible, faith in the, your gift, whatever it might be. And I think having faith in people around you. I'm thinking about something totally different, though. I, I've been thinking about this a lot. I spoke about it yesterday to a company. How about faith? I think we've gotten to a point where we realize, like, well, it won't matter anyway. And my mother had a beautiful line. It'll happen over a long period of time all of a sudden. What I mean by faith in action is Tyler Perry. Tyler Perry over and over and over wanted to do plays. He wasn't getting them. No, it was coming. But he had faith in the action. After seven years, he sold out. Now he makes $150 million a year. And so... Did he have faith in him? Yeah, but he had faith if I keep on doing what I'm doing. I think that happens with finances. Markets go up and down, but I have to get a process and go, I have to have faith in that action. And we became very, very cynical. That's why I say, you know, keep chopping or that line from Job, water wears the rock. You have to keep, I, I've never thought about this quite like this before, but you have to have faith that if I keep on doing action, so watch this phrase. I have the faith that what I'm working on is working even before it works. Let, let me tell you, like this woman, Kathy Hughes, wanted to have a radio station. 
So the radio station was $980,000. She had a concept to interview people on the hillside and then program the radio station to what they said. She went to 32 banks and said no. 33 banks said yes. I have to have faith if I'm a parent. I'm going to keep speaking this child the truth and who they are, and eventually they will get it. And I'm not trying to be funny. I'm just going to tell you, boys take longer than girls. You got to keep with it. If I sit down with you guys and say, here's our plan with investing, stay with it. You And we have to have faith in action. Now, sometimes do you have to punt and get off the ball? Yes. I don't know when to tell people to do that. But you have the thing I've been into recently is have faith that your action will eventually work. Water wears the rock. Have faith in your action. Keep chopping the tree. And one of the things that we don't have is patience. But let's talk about patience is patience. I sit back and just let it happen. Patience. I keep on doing my process until it happens. So the thing I've been thinking about a lot lately is faith in our activity. Yeah, that's crucial. And for us, what we share with people is we build out holistic financial plans. And like you said, markets go up and markets go down and you got to have faith in the long run to stay the course, right? Keep chopping even in the bad times and the good. And I always tell people this is, and I share it with my kids is there's going to be bad times, but you don't know what the good times are if you don't have the bad. That's right. And you, and you need to be able to survive that storm and overcome. There's always going to be tough times and tough times go away. But what stands the time is tough people. Yeah, I like this comp, this thing someone said to me. I have a phrase I use. I didn't use when I was out there with you. But I have a phrase, this didn't happen to me, that happened for me. So I had, I had a heart problem with my heart. Bad time? No, I'm asking you, was, that a, was it a bad time? Depends how you look at it, right? Uh, there's a point. Learning. Yeah. So there's a point. So when they were asking me, it was, a, it was a success, a magazine works on success. They go, well, how do you get through diversity? I said, actually, I don't believe in it. They go, what? I don't believe in it. I go, look, I think we lose people we love. I think we get diseases. But for the most part, everything has something to teach me. So when they said, what do you think about diversity? I kind of don't believe in it. I believe that like when I went through my heart, it happened for me, changed my diet, changed my way I'm grat- I I reintroduced myself to gratitude, changed my exercise. So was it a hard time? No, it changed me. Thomas Edison, so watch this. Thomas Edison's factory burnt down. Grace inventor of our time. Hard time? Burnt down to the ground. Lost $20 million. Hard time? He, he, he says to his son, go get your mother. She'll never see a fire like this again. Then she comes and she's crying. He goes, think about all the mistakes we're getting rid of. Hard time? Because the way he reacted, there's two events. What happened, how he reacted. He, he lost $20 million that day. He made $240 million the next year. And they say it was because of how he reacted. Now, don't get me wrong. There's things that are awful that are hard. Losing someone we love. Illness of a child. But a lot of stuff we're calling hard times is because we've placed a judgment on it. We'll place a different one. That somehow this is supposed to bless me. So did I think the day they carried me out in the ambulance, that day was blessing me? No, not that, not then. Normally they put nitro, normally they put nitro under my tongue. Right. But it did. It changed everything. Changed everything. 
And I think you're, you're nailing it. Mindset is so powerful in this world. And a little bit about me is, you know, I, I felt the anxiety. I felt like there was a knife up to my throat with everything that was going in my in my life every day. And as humans, we tend to have these negative connotations in our head. We're, we're sometimes our own worst enemies, right? And we tell ourselves all these negative concepts. And it's, I had to personally work every day saying, you know what? I'm good enough. I deserve this. Life is good. I better make the, ble- the, the best of it. Look at things like blessings. And then I also incorporated the exercise. I started running a mile a day, two miles a day, lifting weights. And I'm telling you, life hasn't, life is the best it's been. And I wake up every morning with that happiness and joyous. And I can hear that into you uh, of the stories you tell and everything else. But is there any things that you do on a daily basis that get your mind right or is an exercise? What would you say? No, it is. When I exercise, the first part of exercise, I pray. And I was just talking to my sister about it. It's just as amazing to me. I was thinking about it. I was thinking about an issue and I like couldn't come to terms with it. And see, when we talk about Holy Spirit, that's a compass. And I just, I was talking to my sister and I just did a talk, a big talk here in Philadelphia. And I was walking back to my hotel and it was just wild how the whole thing came back like together in a hole in my head, like what was going on. And here, if you can sit and you can be at peace and be still while your mind's figuring out when the spirit's figuring it out. And it hit me, I go, bang, that's it. I got it. I, I figured out what it was, what was going on. And I was telling my sister, I don't know how you get to that level of intuition without understanding the concept of, of like Holy Spirit coming in and clarifying in your mind for you. And so I do that every day. I, you know, there's a meditation prayer I do. I read every day, Sunday before I get going. And I write out my daily script. It's not really hard because we're not really wired to be happy. We're wired to be safe. And so I'm trying to rewire my head. And really my daily script is over and over and over. It's keep chopping. So what mm-hmm. now what? And be a blessing. It's really not complicated. Yeah. And I keep, I keep on saying it to it. I grasp it. Yeah. And I'm very similar. I have a religious upbringing and every morning on my way to work, if I'm going to the one office is 20 minutes, if it's the other is 40, I say five prayers, you know, our father, all those five prayers. And then I ask God to help me achieve what I'm trying to achieve in life. And I give him the short-term goals. I give him the long-term goals and I give him the, the general oralities. And I say, Hey, let me walk in your footsteps. Let my hands be yours. And, and let me just be your mouthpiece and continue. And ever since I've, I've turned my hand over and said, you know what, God help me. It's doing a lot better. And there's one unique thing is you've talked about all the people, you know, we lose in our life and, and it's not fun. And I have a list, and I don't know why I started this, maybe eight, nine years ago. All the people that have passed my life after I'm done saying my prayers, I say their name every morning. And that may, that list is longer and longer, right? Yeah, that's good. Unfortunately, yeah. it does. But I say, you know what? I loved you while you were here, and I know you're watching over me. Please continue to take take care of me. So that's kind of that mindset that I get into in the morning is just, Remembering the people that before me, people paved the path. People helped you get where you're at today. Like you just shared, shared about your family, all the things they've did. And that's how I looked at it also. But, you know, we also talked about something that's important, which, which, is, which is the health. What are the eating habits for you? Have you changed it? After that 
experience happen when you went in the ambulance, you had the nitrate in your mouth? Did, did your eating habits change? Did the way you act, did the way you look at food, did that mindset shift? In, in eight-tenths of a second, bang, I started to look at it. He, he, I went to Cleveland Clinic, and we, they discussed it, and I started reading about it. Here's the best way I can explain it. See this hand? That represents a set of genes in all of us. And these genes activate things in our life, in our body. When a switch is thrown, these switch. And so when this switch is thrown, is what the research says and clinic says. When this switch is thrown, cholesterol, plaque is dumped in your arteries. When this switch is thrown, you have a higher incidence of breast cancer and prostate cancer when this is thrown. And here is the five different things to throw that switch. Fats, according to, according to Cleveland Clinic and a book on heart reversal, fats, sugar, cholesterol, throws it, anxiety, mm. and stress, th throws that switch. So really, you know, if you take, if you ever thought about this, if you're in college, you have to take a stressful chemistry test. That's the equivalent of eating two steaks. That's how much cholesterol for some reason is dumped in your body. Wow. That's what your body does. So anxiety is the killer, stress, sugar, fats do it, and sugar, fats, and cholesterol. We also have a good set of genes. Some cause good cholesterol. And there's a switch on this. When this switch is thrown, you have reversal, literally heart reversal. You, it also protects you against breast and breast cancer. And it also protects you against prostate cancer. This switch community. That's what I love to bond with you guys. They found research that says we have people around you. It throws the switch. The community does it. Number two, when you can do exercise and push your heart rate up. Number, number three in it was plant-based diet. Wow. That was number three. So it was people around you, plant-based diet that does people around you, plant-based diet. And when you do exercise that you push you, the third was meditation. What's meditate? People say, well, I can't meditate. Sure you can. You worry, don't you? Same thing. You're just getting some over and over in your head. So they told me to meditate three times a day. So I just read the 23rd Psalms to me every day. And I stop on my cup runneth over. And I just list like you did everything there. And they say, if you do those things, you reverse it. Last time I was at to get a checkup for my heart, they came sprinting in. They, they, the nurse assistant did me. And then they came running in with the crash cart. And so then they brought in a cardiologist. And he looked at me and smiled. He goes, you're in such good shape. Your heart rate's so low. They thought you were having heart failure because oh. it was 41 <laughs> beats a minute. He goes, yeah. I, I, do I realize? He said, I looked at you and just looked at them and shook my head. They thought you're dying. Your heart's so efficient, it's barely beat. Yeah, you, you, you've changed that heart. And, and community is a great thing. I, you, I'm sure you've seen this. There, a study just came out. It was an 85-year Harvard study. Yeah. And they said, what brings happiness? What makes you live longer? Community, yeah. Community. It's dead on. And, and it, it's studies, called the George Valiant study, yeah. Yeah, and those studies don't last that long, right? 85 years, that's multi-generations. John F. We... Kennedy. 
John F. Kennedy was in the study. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I mean, it's such an exciting thing. When I read that, I just lit up. I actually sent my wife a text and I sent her a copy of it. I said, you need to read this. You need to listen to it. And she was like, hey, that's why we're together. It's so important to have family. Like you're saying, it's clinically proven from what we're hearing from the Cleveland Clinic that it helps your heart, right? One of the most important organs you have. There's a town, I'm in Philly right now as I record this. There's a town close to here called Rosiata. They just found every home had the front porch and they're all Italian and they hang out with each other all day long. Italian people live along, they live longer just about everybody. And one, of course, is the benefits of resveratrol, you know, some wine, <laughs> some wine. The other <laughs> is they're saying about olive oil, it's a healthy one. But the other one is, is they sit together and they tend to be family. They tend to be community. Yeah. It's just so important having those loving relationships. And the other side of that study showed, you know, the people that don't have the relationships are miserable. And unfortunately, yeah. God calls their time early. That's right. I, so that's what I really, that, that's what I really love. How do you not feel good about being with you guys out there in Ohio? And more than anything else, I felt like that barn was sort of a front porch. I mean, I say barn, I wouldn't quite call that thing a barn, but <laughs> 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 That's more like, you know, the community center with that, you know, a fancy community center pinkies up. But I, yep. but it, but I, it, there's what you really do want in life. I need me to hear this more than anybody is close friends that you have community with. I had a I had an uncle who was my mentor and I used to work for, with him from the time I was 16 to the time I got out of college and he was a stockbroker. And he said to me one day, he goes, Brian. Your best friends are going to be the ones that carry out your casket at your funeral. And how many people can carry that casket? About four to six of them. Just remember that. There's always going to be acquaintances. There's going to be a relationship. Yeah. But the ones you need to focus in on the most is who's going to be there carrying your casket at that funeral. It sounds a little bit morbid, but it's the truth. When you put it into perception. I say to Nick Saban, Alabama, all the time, I go, Nick, I watched because I love watching speeches. And Whitney Houston's Whitney Houston's funeral was there, and I realized that the there was a lot, there was hundreds of people there. Tyler Perry spoke, T.D. Jake spoke, and I realized that the front row was the only one that was really really crying. About a dozen people, those ones. And you, you want me to tell you who was really emotional, really emotional? The crew she had to travel with her. Yeah. They were extremely emotional the and the recipe were just there, you know, pay my respects. Right. The others weren't paying their respects. Their, their heart was hurting. They wanted to be there. And when, you know, you're right. We're going to have about a dozen people if we're lucky. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Two more things to wrap up. What, what motivates you? What is your passion for life? What is it? I mean, you're always motivating other people. What's the gas? What's the gas to you? What keeps you going? Do you know, what Isaiah 6-8 scripture, I mean, I just know scripture. You know what it is? Watch what it reads. It's real easy. I heard a voice saying, who should I send on my behalf? And I said, here I am, send me. When somebody needs something like that, I want them to think of me. I was speaking to the National Electricians Conference. They do big works. And I told this story. I was in Pittsburgh and this plane went down. The anniversary was yesterday, 29 years ago. And this guy was up in the U.S. Air Room and they made an announcement there were no survivors on this plane. And his wife was on the plane. 
he stood up and heard a woman crying over to the side and he went over and held her. I told that story in Charlotte two days ago. As I said it, I watched this man very casually walk. Like you see people have to go to the bathroom, walk out of your talks. Yeah. But I never saw anybody walk sideways. He was walking real slow sideways across the whole room. I didn't know what he was doing. And he sat down next to this woman. He held her and they cried. And they walked out. The man who sponsored the conference said that person who walked out was my wife. We just lost our son to fentanyl. And that was my best friend hugging and crying with mine. I didn't make them cry. I allowed it. And while I'm sitting here with you, my, my my son's best friend passed away May 5th. And just now his mother just texted me you know, a warm message and a thank you for being in our life. I want, I am, I am probably the least perfect person. I make more mistakes than anybody watching this. And I'm, all I can say is I'm not where I want to be. I'm just, I'm not where I used to be. I'm so much better, but I sometimes just pray like, Lord, I got so much wrong with me. We got a lot of time. I got a lot of issues. Let's let that go for today. Let me just help somebody. Let me just bless somebody. Let me just lift somebody up and back to your study. Then how does it not come back to you? So when I set out, how how can I, you know, how can I bring light into whatever room I'm in today? That's all. Yeah. No, I I can't agree with you more. A summer ago, I was in Hawaii with my wife. They had a tropical storm off the south side of, of Hawaii. You look online, these waves are going over two story condominiums. My kids and I took a picture in front of a wave. They got pushed out the beach on the wave. Then the wave sucked them back. And as a father, I had to make an instant reaction. I jumped on them and I bear hugged both these kids. And then I was in the turnstile of the rip current underneath that. And that wave went away. I looked at my wife. She was taking a picture of herself. I said, you got to come in here and help us. She runs in. We're all in there. I get my kid out, my son, because he's lighter. I said, you run up the beach, you don't look back. I looked back at my wife. She was still in there struggling with my daughter. I ran in there, and then it was a Hawaiian native. I was in Maui. That This Hawaiian native came up and helped me get them out. Afterwards, I looked at that Hawaiian native, that man. I said to you, I said to him, I said, I can't thank you enough. He looks at me, doesn't say one word, and walks away. And I look at it as I go, this was, this was, this was it. This was everything I've worked for all the good karma I've put in the universe has come back to me today that I don't lose my family here. And as a father, you look back at that and you think is what else could I have done? And and that troubled my mind for days and weeks afterwards. But then I had peace with it after meditating. Think about it. It's like everyone survived in that instinct. When those kids were getting sucked out back into the ocean in these huge waves, I just jumped on them and I, and I just, you know, the fatherly instinct kicked in. And it's it's that, exactly what you said. It's like, everything does come back to you. What you put in this world comes back to you. It's all about that. And if, and if people can realize that, there's so many scammers out there doing bad things. It's like, if us as a human race put that positivity forward, how many, miles, how many more miles can we climb? You're right. And I have a new phrase I'm using in light of that story, the beauty of an ordinary day. That's my new favorite phrase. Like, my kids didn't get hurt today. My kids are wonderful today. I didn't take an ambulance ride today. This is a beautiful, ordinary day. Yeah. 
And sometimes those beautiful, ordinary days, the status quo is the good thing a lot of the times, right? You still have that community. You still have that family. Now, this has been very powerful, and I appreciate you, but I always ask everyone that is on this podcast one last thing. What's your message to the world? What is your message? If there's one thing you want to share with the world, what is it? Don't look for blessings to come into your life. Go be a blessing in someone else's life. So powerful. And it will cover everything. Yeah. If you're hurting, that will cover it. If you if you have sorrow, that will cover it. If your day's boring, that will cover it. If you need meaning in your life, that will cover it. If you want to be happy. Yeah. Everyone, you heard it here first. Be a blessing. Be that blessing. And Dr. Elko, I can't thank you enough for being a part of this, coming out and speaking to some of our, our community, our clients, our staff, our families. That was so powerful. And you share with everyone that, you know, anyone's potential is limitless. And in these dreams are within our reach. We just got to have the right mindset, the right health, and determination, right? As you say, keep chopping, right? Keep chopping, baby. Hey, I appreciate you. If there's anything I could ever do for you, you let me know. Just bring me back to the barn, that's all. All right, we will. That's a deal. That is a deal. <laughs> God bless you. Thanks. You're wonderful. Thank, Thank you. you. I appreciate you. Thank you. All righty, my friend. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Holistic Wealth and Health Podcast. We hope we inspired you to make changes so you can live your best life. If you want to find out more about what we do, or if you want to have a holistic wealth and health financial plan, please call 456-833-7000. Please subscribe to the podcast and share it widely with your friends and family. Financial planning and advisory services are offered through Prosperity Capital Advisors and SEC Registered Investment Advisor with its principal place of business in the state of Ohio. J.L. Smith Wealth and Tax Planning and PCA are separate, non-affiliated entities. PCA does not provide tax or legal advice. Insurance and tax services offered through Advisor DBA are not affiliated with PCA. Information received from this podcast should not be viewed as individual investment advice. Product discussions and illustrations are hypothetical in nature and will vary based on many factors including, but not limited to, age, health, product, insurance carrier and product design. You should consult the insurance carrier website and policy for detailed information. For information pertaining to the registration status of PCA, please contact the firm or refer to the Investment Advisor Public Disclosure website. For additional information about PCA, including fees and services, send for our disclosure statement as set forth on Form ADV from PCA using the contact information herein. Please read the disclosure statement carefully before you invest or send money.